That song's always meant a whole lot to me. Uh, I think of uh, reunions and things that we have down here. And uh, I've got a lot of family in that country. Uh, and I'm looking forward to one day when the boat lands yonder. And uh, as much as I want to see them, there's one that I'm looking for first. I want to see him. I want to behold his glory. I want to see him shine out in that city. And I don't know, maybe, I don't know how things will be over there. I know it'll be good. As Brother Strode says it'll be like baby bear's porridge. It'll be just right. But I'll say this. Maybe after I've been at the feet of Jesus for a million years. Can you imagine a million years? I'll get to getting around and seeing some little ones. But there's one I'm looking for when I get to that city. And that's him. This morning, I want to try my very, very best to slow down. Uh, I've got a few uh, definitions and things that I'd like to try to, to read. And uh, I think this message can be for everybody. Uh, though, really, my heart leans a little more towards those that are, are maybe younger teenage and maybe college, I hope that you uh, might can get something out of this message this morning. I, uh, I struggled this week uh, trying to really decipher what maybe God would have me to bring, and uh, this is kind of where he kept bringing me to. And we want to try to look at a few verses of Scripture. Uh, my thought this morning really has to do with three different things. Uh, and I, I want to try to hit on just a little bit of them all. But uh, really, in the beginning would have to be regeneration. And sanctification. And uh, ultimately... Trying your very best to live a godly life. And uh, I know we talk about a lot of times about how the world is so bad. And we're living in perilous times. But I want you to know and understand that since Adam. And since uh, that fellowship that Adam had with God and it was broken. And man's fall, the world has been full of wickedness. And it seems like today that there are uh, a lot of things that uh, gain our attention as far as, uh, and I don't necessarily want to uh, lay holy on this this morning, but uh, there is, as far as the sense of homosexuals and, and uh, boys and girls that can't figure out whether or not they want to be boys and girls, uh, there, it seems like it's more uh, talked about in our society. 
But I want you to know that even uh, you can find it in Leviticus, you can find it in different places of Scripture where there was sodomy that was practiced a long time ago. And uh, it seems like today that we, as Sister Mary Lou was talking about this young girl, uh, it seems like today that we hear more of uh, young people that are taking their lives. Uh, There is just a whole lot that goes on. We hear about it through the media. We hear about it through social media. We hear about it's all around us. And if nothing else this morning, I want to try to help you that you might guide your, uh, guard your heart against some of these things. It's important that what God has given us when, he, uh, when we experience regeneration, when we're born again by the Spirit of God, that we guard that which is what God has placed in here. Now, we can't lose it, but there is times when we can get out in the world and uh, there's a saying amongst young people today, uh, live your true life, be your true self. And my friend, I want to stand before you today and tell you that Casey Cole doesn't want to be his true self in a sense that I want to be what God wants me to be. If I was my true self, I might as well take this Bible, the true Word of God, and place it aside and just go do whatever it is I want to do. But that's not what God's instructed us to do. And we can find different examples of that uh, throughout the Scripture. I want to talk with just a little bit this morning about our church covenant. Um, I want to talk to you man, this morning about a man named Judah. And we're going to take some reading this morning out of the 38th chapter of the book of Genesis. And uh, do be prayerful for me this morning. I need the Lord's help as always. Judah was a son of Jacob. And Jacob, the Lord had renamed Israel. And Jacob had a son whose name was Joseph. And it said, the Bible says prior chapter to this that He loved Joseph because he was the child of his old age. And there was jealousy that had struck in the hearts of his brothers. If you remember, Joseph had dreams. And Joseph, as he was telling these dreams that God had given him, uh, you'll remember his brothers had a sense of jealousy about him. That they couldn't believe that there would come a time that they would bow before him. And even Jacob uh, had a little bit of a hesitancy. Uh, He didn't resent him for those things, and I don't believe he was jealous, but I believe he kind of sat back and he was just examining these things. And if you'll remember, uh, the Bible says there that Jacob had him a coat of many colors that was made, and they uh, had conspired amongst themselves. Uh, Some of them did that they might kill him. And they said, no, they decided against that. And Judah, and I'm paraphrasing a lot of this for time's sake, but Judah basically come up with a plan that they would sell him. And uh, if my memory is correct, I believe they sold him for 20 pieces of silver. And they basically, uh, Judah at this time, 
I believe. Uh, he had a sense of uh, money. He had a sense of, uh, you know, it wasn't just enough just to get rid of him, but he decided that they might sell him into slavery. He had a sense of having a possession and having money. And it seems to me that a lot of young people, uh, when they're growing up, uh, don't really understand money. Uh, I know as far as my children, I try to implement in them at a young age. It wasn't too awful long ago that Braxton had a birthday and he got some money for his birthday. And what young people always want to do, especially children, they want to go buy toys that they never play with. Uh, maybe all children are different mine. Uh, most of the time, especially Brylin, he's only two. But if you give him a box, he's pretty satisfied. But most of the time, a lot of these toys, they end up playing with them for a couple hours and they set aside. And I told him, I said, son, if you'll take that money and just save it, it'll help you later on down the road. There's no need in going buying a whole lot of excess of things that you really don't need. But the older you get, if you don't have a true understanding of money, and I'm still learning some of those things, but you tend to get out in the world and you see these things and they're flashy and they're shiny and you've got a desire to want them and I, I believe that's part of just being human sometimes you see the people with the big houses and the big cars and the and the big vacations and they've got all of these things they've got the nice clothes and and all of these and it and it draws you in it gets your attention Judah here in the first verse It says in the 38th chapter, and I'm going to skip around some for time's sake. And it says, and it came to pass at that time that Judah went down from his brethren and turned into a certain Adolamite whose name was Harah. And Judah saw there was a daughter of a certain Canaanite whose name was Shua, and he took her and went into her. Now, I want you to look here. It says that Judah went down from his brethren. Now, I want you to know and understand this morning that even as a young person, uh, and do pray for me this morning, I want to bring this out the way the Lord wants me to, but even as a young person growing up in a home where uh, my mother hadn't been saved, my, my stepfather has uh, only been to church as far as I know in the 30-something years I've known him, only been to church one time. Uh, and I don't know, he's told me he's been saved, but uh, he's never bared fruit of that. Uh, but uh, it, it says that he went down from his bridge. Now, Jacob was a, a man of God. No doubt Jacob had messed up several times. He had made mistakes. But yet he still loved the Lord. And he was going to serve God. And I want you to know this morning that your parents' relationship with God plays no bearing necessarily on your relationship with God. Sometimes... Uh, your parents can be the most godly people and they can live the most godly life, but you have a choice this morning to choose. There's places in the Old Testament where uh, those of the Old, uh, uh, Old Testament, uh, they would say, uh, this day let us choose whom we will serve. And this morning there comes a time uh, when you become adolescent and you get on up in age that you've got to choose if you're going to follow the things of the world or if you're going to follow God. And ultimately, Judah had found his way from his brethren. Now, I began to think about these things and I thought, well, 
uh, he had went against those things that was contrary to what his father was teaching. He took a wife that was a Canaanite. And those things were contrary to what his father would desire. Now, I want you to know and understand this morning as parents, I want to try to instill in my children the very best that I can that I told you before that I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now and what God has brought me to and what he's done for me that that doesn't necessarily mean that I've not had hardships that there's not been times in my life that's been difficult but I want them to know and understand when they've been born again to live a life that's been sanctified to live a life that I, I listen sanctification is a process and it's something that continues on and uh, he went down from his brethren. Now, when you get away, now his brethren here had conspired this plan about a jealousy. But my friend, when you begin to get away from the household of God, and you begin to get away from the, the pillar, the truth and the ground, uh, the pillar and the ground of truth, you begin to get away from the house of God, and you get out in the world, you get away from the brethren, uh, you start running from God, if you will, and you try to start doing things on your own, it doesn't take very long till you find yourself going against the grain of what God has planned for you in your life. He found himself in a position where he was away from his bridge. He married this woman. They had three children. The first one's name was Er. Now, we don't necessarily have a description of what wickedness that he had done, but the Bible says out of his wickedness, the Lord took him. He had another son by the name of Onan. And because he wasn't willing to do what God would have him to do, the Lord slew him as well. He died also. Judah also had another son by the name of Shelah. And basically, he promised Tamar, which was heir's uh, uh, wife, he promised her, he said, when he gets of age, he said, I'll give him to you to take and to marry. But until that time comes, he said, just go to your father's house. God knows the promises that we keep. He knows the things that we say and are going to do. This morning, I want you to know, as I begin to think about those that joined the church here last Sunday, and they uh, uh, basically, they entered into this covenant uh, here. That, and I want to recommend there's some of you that maybe have never read it. I want you to take and read the church covenant. Now, I mentioned this last Sunday. What is a covenant? That you enter into a promise, if you will. That's what a covenant is. It's a pledge. That you're saying that you're going to try your very best to live according to not only to what the church covenant says that you've entered into with your brothers and sisters, but you're going to try to live according to what the Word of God says. I'm not, and I want to get into some of this this morning, I'm not standing before you proclaiming to be perfect. I've made mistakes in my life. I've tried him. I've went down some of those difficult roads. But I'm telling you today as I stand before you, I would much rather try my very best to serve God. Whether I go down or not, it's a whole lot better to serve him than it is to serve the world. It's a whole lot better. Judah... 
just didn't have his focus where it needed to be. He had a sense of jealousy about it. You ever get jealous? I have. Difficult sometimes, isn't it? I mean, we're just being honest here this morning. I'm not going to speak no lies. It's hard not to get jealous sometimes. Especially when I was a young man and growing up, it was difficult, and I've told y'all before, I grew up poor. Well, you can ask Don and Alice. They drove by my grandparents' old house out there. It was built in 1848. They didn't have nothing. My mother and, and stepfather didn't have nothing. They tried the very best to give us what we had. And it was difficult sometimes not to look at some of those that I was in school with that had it better than I did. It was difficult sometimes to look out at uh, uh, them that pulled up in brand new vehicles that their mamas and daddies bought them when they was just in high school. I can tell you as far as I can help it, my children won't have that. I believe they need to work and understand the value of money. I don't have a problem with that. I'm just saying I want them to appreciate those things. It says in the process of time in the 12th verse, the process of time, the daughter of Shua, Judah's wife, died, and Judah comforted, was comforted and went up to his sheep shears to Timnath and to his friend Hira the Dolomite. And it was told to Tamar, saying, Behold, thy father-in-law goeth up to Timnath to shear his sheep. And she put away her widow's garments off her and covered her with a veil and wrapped herself and set in an open place, which is, by the way, to Timnath. For she saw that Shelah was grown, and she was not given unto him, with, given unto him to wife. And when Judah saw her, he thought her to be a harlot, because she had covered her face. And he turned unto her by the way and said, Go to, I pray thee, let me come unto thee. For she knew not, for he knew not that she was a daughter-in-law. And she said, What wilt thou give me that thou mayest come unto me? And he said, I will send thee a kid from a flock. And she said, What wilt thou give me, a pledge, till thou send it? And he said, What pledge shall I give? And she said, Thy signet, thy bracelets, and thy staff that is in thine hand. And he gave it to her, and he came unto her, and she conceived by him. And said, And she arose and went away, and laid by the veil of her, and put on the garments of her widowhood. Now, my thought comes from there in that verse in the 18th verse. The pledge. And she said, Thy signet, thy bracelets, and thy staff that is in thine hand. I want you young people to understand and I want you to protect and guard your heart with what God's given you. Uh, you're at a difficult time. You're at a difficult age. I don't want you to be so free to... Uh, let me find my other verse of text over here. I don't want you to be so free to take what God has given you and to cast it to swine. 
I don't want to be in the position where a lot of times if we're not careful, uh, we're like a dog returning to his vomit. I want you to realize and understand when sin is around you to understand what it is. I want you to know that uh, those things uh, uh, won't gain you but just a little bit of pleasure in this life. But my friend, serving God ultimately will give you the most pleasure that you've ever had. Peter, in 1 Peter, as we've been studying Peter, it says here in the first chapter, it says, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy as I am holy. Now, I want you to understand something this morning. On our own, we cannot be holy. But God is holy. He is perfect. He is pure. And my friend, what God has placed in your heart when, he's, uh, uh, when you've been born again, it's pure. It's been bought with a price. You've been redeemed. It's the blood of Jesus. And He's placed a seal on that heart. He's sealed it. He's sealed that spirit until the day of redemption, the Bible says. But I want you to know, uh, as it was talking about here, that He seen her. He didn't uh, realize who she was. She had covered herself. My friend, there's a whole lot of sin in the world today that's covered. You can't see it. Oftentimes, uh, you get in uh, mixed up in things and it doesn't take very long. Listen, uh, there's people that have been godly people that have got on drugs. I want you to know that the church of the living God is a place for people like that. They need to come and get their life in order. Listen, that's where they need to be. That's what Jesus said. That's what He preached. They need to hear about how Jesus changes their life. But there's people in the world today, even young people, that's got hung up on drugs and they become addicted to these things. And my friend, I want you to know that it will not gain you nothing. Nothing. You say, preacher, I don't understand where all this is coming from. Folks, I'm concerned about our young people. Alcohol. Be ye holy as I am holy. I'm not bragging today. You're welcome to come open my refrigerator and look in it at any time. I don't have nothing to hide. I don't want any alcohol. I don't want part of alcohol. It won't gain you nothing in this world, but people believe they have to have it to have a good time. You know some of the best times that I've ever had? And this is the truth. Is in the Lord's house around God's people when the Spirit of God falls upon the service. And it comes alive. It just comes alive. And the Spirit comes in and it's just as thick. That's a spiritual high. A couple of Sundays ago we was turning around people just shouting everywhere. Listen, you can't get that anywhere else but here. Young people want to go out in the world and they want to experience things. Sin a lot of times covered. Yes, a lot of times it's openly. Uh, listen, a lot of us was uh, born up this way and we know and understand that homosexuals and things like that's wrong. But listen to me. There's other things that are covered and you can't see it completely until it's too late. I've got family. I've got brothers that have messed up their lives. Because of doing and getting into things that didn't bring them nothing. 
but destruction. I'm just trying to be honest with you this morning. I've seen it with my own two eyes. All because they wanted the pain to go away. Listen, it ain't necessarily something that you buy illegal either. I'm sure Doc could tell you this. There's people that in the world today, they get addicted to prescription medications too. I know a lady that was a good Christian woman. She was. Still is. You know what happened to her? She got addicted to prescription medications. She had a legit issue. And before you know it, she was buying him illegally. Listen, sometimes we don't like talking about this stuff, do we? Ultimately, you know what that brought her? Pain and distress. She went to jail. Judah was so easy to give over his signet, his cord, and his staff. When faced with temptation, how easy is it for you to relinquish your, your seal? A seal in those days was something that, uh, uh, that would have had a, a marking on it that would have made an impression. You know, a lot of times they would take wax and melt it over something and then they would take that signet and place it into that wax and that would say that uh, who he was and would identify him as a person. How often is it that uh, you've been able to relinquish or give up your signet for just a few moments of pleasure? I've been there. I'm not standing before you today proclaiming perfection. But I'm trying to help you and warn you, my friend, this morning, that don't be so easy to give up what God's put in your heart. Don't run out here into the world and do everything that everybody else is doing. It'll only bring you destruction and grief and pain in your life. I'm telling you because I've experienced and I've been down that road. But guard what God's put in your heart. That what He's sealed, guard it with everything. The cord. There's several different commentators who Talk about whether or not it was a, a cord that maybe he tied his signet around his neck or whether it was a cord that tied his cloak. I don't know. But either way, he was willing to relinquish it for just a few moments of pleasure. His staff. So easy was he to give it over. Which would show power and authority, so easy to give it over. What did the Lord tell the children of Israel as He was moving them out of Egypt? He said, you take your staff with you. Be on the move. When the Lord Jesus over, I believe it's the sixth chapter of the book of Mark, 
It talks about how he sent his disciples out. He said, take nothing with you, save your staff. When we think about our church covenant, it says to walk circumspectively. I want to ask you this morning, how many of us know what circumspectively means? There's probably a handful of you. But basically, it means walk upright. Walk in a way that represents the glory of what God has put in your heart. Young people, you've got such an opportunity to reach your friends. You've got lost friends. You've got lost loved ones. You've got people that you can go to school with. And listen to me, I know I've been in that position not too many years ago. But I want to say this, God took that opportunity to call me to preach. As I was standing before a classroom full of my friends, scared to death because I didn't know very much and still don't know very much about the Bible. We had an essay that day. And listen, I'm not bragging on me. Our assignment was to stand up and give different demonstrations and give an argument based on a couple of different points. My argument that day was they had two you could choose from. Is God real and is God not real? Now, you wouldn't hear that in the school system probably today. But it got all over me to tell my classmates about how God is real. And I can remember getting on the phone and calling Marty Matter. I said, Brother Marty, I don't know anywhere in the Bible to show them. What can I show them? And he started helping me and showing me things. He said, Brother, pray about this. Maybe show them this. Listen, this right here will be the biggest help to you in your life if you apply it. It has to be applied. The Word of God. I don't stand before you today telling you that I know everything there is to know about the Scripture. I know very little. But my friend, I'll tell you what it has been when I find myself in a difficult place or a hard place. I can go and open up the Word of God and it's been a road map to my life. And as I began to stand before my class and began to read to them text about why I believe that the Lord God is real and what He done for me in my life, He called me to preach. He said, go tell them. And I run for my call for three months. And I was, this is part of my story, I was dating this girl, invited her to go to church, and I remember I was praying on the way home from work, and I said, Lord, if you'll save her, I'll do anything. He said, go preach. And that afternoon as I picked her up, and we were walking across Rocky Mound parking lot, and I was holding her hand. We was walking to open up the door. She said, the Lord saved me last night in my bed. And just as soon as I opened the door of Rocky Mountain Church, you know what the Lord said? I didn't hear him when I was a boy. He spoke right here. He said, now I've kept my end of the deal. Now you keep yours. And I've been trying my very, very weak way ever since then to carry out my part of the deal. I said, Lord, listen, be careful how you keep your promises. 
Lord, I promise I'll do anything if you save her. Did he not keep his end of the deal? He did, didn't he? Be ye holy as I am holy. Sanctification is a process. There's going to come a day that I'm going to be completely pure and clean. I'm not there yet. When I lay down this tabernacle of this flesh, I come into his presence I'll be perfect but until then I wrestle with the things of this world I thought about uh, Judah here in this money he was so easy to relinquish those things money Jesus said Man cannot serve two masters. He'll love one and hate the other. Let's just go over and read this. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and riches. It won't work. I believe it is the Apostle Paul told Timothy, in 1 Timothy this, he said, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which some coveted after. They have erred from the faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. He said, But thou, O man of God, flee from these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, patience, and meekness. Now I'm talking about some things that I've had to experience. But he said, now he didn't say money was evil, but he said the love of money is evil. He said you can't serve them both. You've got to serve one or the other. You've got to serve God or you've got to serve mammon. Money is not evil. It's the love of money. I have being in my place, I've told you all before, when me and Jessica first married, as the old saying goes, we didn't have two plug nipples to rub together. We didn't even have a TV. First two months, two or three months we was married was probably the most we ever talked to each other. It was. Now she struggles to get 30 minutes. We'd sit down in that living room at night and put her back up against the wall and we'd just talk. Other night, we went out on a date. They had us a date. You know what we done? We just sat in the car and talked. It was nice. We didn't have a TV. You know why I didn't have a TV? I couldn't afford it. You say, you tell me you couldn't even afford. I couldn't afford I couldn't afford cable if I wanted to. So we're done without. 
We married, she didn't say, I've got to have all the finest jewelry. I've got to have the finest clothes. I've got to have the finest shoes. I've got to have this and that. She said, no, we're going to budget. We're going to live according to this. This is what we can do. And then the first TV we bought, well, I won't back up. I won't tell you the truth. I had a TV on layaway. I did. She decided we needed a washing machine worse than we needed the TV. So she went up there where I had a layaway at, done away with the TV, put it on a washing machine. Turns out we needed a washing machine more than we needed the TV. But the first one we bought was a repo. I'm not saying all this to say, look at me, look at me. I'm saying this to tell you that when you see the things of the world, all of that's going to burn up one day. I come into this world naked, and I'm going to leave naked. I can't take anything with me. Me and Brother Mike's got something in common. When they lay me in the ground, our holes are going to be about the same, brethren. I can't take it with me. It's all going to rust and decay. Don't be so easy to relinquish what God's given. Be careful. Be watchful. Watch for these things. Judah ended up having a change of heart. Later on, when the famine hit, he made his way into Egypt. He met Joseph, didn't know he was Joseph. Joseph wanted Benjamin sent back. Joseph told his dad, Jacob, he said, trust me, I'll bring him back. If not, Basically, he was saying, you can have my life. I'll pay for it with my own life. Just because you've made a mistake doesn't mean that your godly walk is over. I've made many, many, many mistakes. Many. But God's helped me to repent. You know, I feel kind of like this. Apostle Paul said it this way. He said, For godly sorrow worketh repentance unto salvation, not to be repented of, but worldly sorrow worketh death. I experienced godly sorrow as a nine-year-old little boy. And there's still times that I still experience godly sorrow. I've never repented to that extent or had to repent to the extent when the Lord saved me. But there's times that I still see myself for what I am. Lord, I'm still just a sinner. I'm saved by your grace. I'm still failing you, God. I'm still hitting bumps in the road. But I tell you what my prayer is. Lord, I failed you. 
would you help me to do better today than I did yesterday? Lord, I want listen, I fail him all the time, but I've got a desire in my heart to want to serve him. And if you're ever going to follow God, it doesn't necessarily mean, as I said before, it's going to be easy road. But I want to tell you what the Lord Jesus says. And I'm going to be done. He says it this way. He said, enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there which go in threat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few be there that find it. My friend, the way of the world is the way of destruction. It's a broad way. If you're looking to keep company with the world, then my friend, that's the place uh, that the world wants you. There's all kinds of company found on that way. But my friend, if you're going to go God's way, the straight and narrow way, it's going to be a difficult. It's going to have difficult challenges. And sometimes you may feel like you're even alone. But I want to tell you this. My friend, if you're serving God to the best of your ability, God is always going to be there. He's always going to be there to help you. He's going to be there to guide you. Don't ever get to a place in your life where you don't feel like you've got nobody to talk to. Because, my friend, you've got somebody. You've got somebody there that will listen to you and he'll help you. And my friend, God wants to challenge you. He doesn't want you to stay in the same place you're at. He wants you to continually keep moving. So he's going to test you. He's going to put some challenges on you that's going to, be, it's going to seem hard and difficult. But he's trying to grow you. He's trying to help you. How often is it so easy for us to sit back and cast judgment? It's easy for us to sit back and cast judgment on Judah. Isn't it? Boy, he messed up. That's easy. Lord Jesus, prior to what he said there about the gate, he said, judge not lest you be judged. Basically, he goes on and he says, be careful about pointing out the toothpick that's in your brother's eye before you pull out the two by four it's in your own. I'm putting that in case it's over today. He said, be real careful. Now there's a time for righteous judgment. There's time when sin has to be dealt with. But my friend, I want you to know that I've made mistakes too. We're here to help each other. Not point every one of our faults out. I'm not here to point out Judah's faults. His example needs to be a help to us. You know what ended up happening? Out of Tamar, she had two boys. Out of that lineage come the genealogy or the lineage of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And basically from that, what I love to look at is, there's no family's perfect, are we? 
We've all got mistakes. We've all got things. But look what the Lord Jesus. I think I looked at that and I think Boaz or David was maybe uh, uh, somewhere around. Uh, I can't remember. I want to think maybe her son was David's seventh great-grandfather, I believe. I can't remember exactly. You can look at that in Matthew. I thought that was pretty interesting. If we allow God to take the things that's happened in our life and use them to say, I'm never going back to that place. He can use it for his glory. He can. I hope you got something out of the message today. I really do. Look at Joseph's example. Look what he went through. He never was willing to forsake God. The Lord brought him to where he was. I hope it's a help to you. I think about young people and the terminology that they use. They get out in college and they get in high school and they have this mentality that I can get out and sow my wild oats. Listen, you don't have to get out and sow wild oats. You don't have to go down the road that I went. You don't have to do that. You can be an example and a help to your friends. Listen, this message isn't just for young people. It's for all of us. Be careful to guard your heart with what God gives you. Don't be so easy to relinquish and just give it up when something comes along that looks shiny and pretty. Guard it. Guard it. The Lord Jesus gave his life. He's washed it with his own blood. It's never going to sin again. But this flesh, I war with it every day. That's our message today. I hope it's a help to you. Brother Strode, if you'd get us a song. we do something and I know it's hard sometimes maybe we should ask is this what I'm fixing to do going to exhort and lift up the name of Jesus Christ or is this going to hurt the cause sometimes I have to do that sometimes we need to ask the Lord to help us and guide us we need to ask him every day every moment we're to pray without ceasing aren't we Lord, help me. Steer me in the right way. Go ahead, Brother Strode. 109, one verse. One verse. Everybody stand. Keep in mind the subject today, the pledge. Who are we going to serve? 109, one verse only. Yeah.
and to be